Welcome to this episode of Clinically Press. Uh, we were lucky enough to get the whole game back together, plus Andy uh, about a month and change ago. Uh, just got lucky with getting everybody together. Actually, it's several months now that we think about it. But lucky enough to get everybody together, and we wanted to go back and wanted to talk to Jordan Rudolph of Unity Fitness. We had a great episode with him the first time around explaining what Unity Fitness is, and we really like him. And what they do, because we feel like they do it right, it's the focus on the entire person and what they're trying to accomplish. So this time we wanted to get into a little bit more of the depth of different things and really get on uh, some specific topics. And it was great to have Andy be a part of this, have AJ back up, and as always, it was just a good conversation. So we cover a lot in this episode. It kind of ranges all over the place, but definitely one worth checking out. So we hope you enjoy it and check for all the links and ideas and topics in the show notes. start this episode of Clinically Press and we're going to jump right into this vertical diet so this one will be a little bit backwards but before we jump into that we are here at Javavino with the whole crew back together again um, and Jordan Rudolph which we'll jump into <laughs> everything he wants to talk about here in a minute but yeah I don't know what the vertical diet is either so let's what is the vertical diet and why 10 minute walks because it all sounds like something I could handle. It seems like a diet that focuses on like ground beef, white rice, Chicken stock or bone broth, primarily vegetables, and then I'm not 100% sure to be a lot of, lot of vitamin C, and then the heavy salt intake with it. I feel bad even talking about this on air because I don't know enough. I've just seen it based on pictures of what mm-hmm. people buy and then tag vertical diet in it. I have no idea. You know why it's called that? I don't. I think it's like some along lines of you're, you're moving upwards, you're progressing, going. I have no idea. But I think it's a, another diet that's just low in processed foods, low in it seems processed to be a carbohydrates. Reoccurring theme. Yeah, not a lot of bread, yeah. grains, and things like that. And that. So it's just probably a low inflammatory based kind of diet. And just probably cutting out a lot of food allergens for people and they uh, just feel better on it. Just mm-hmm. like all those other kind of diets. And sure. I don't know. I'll have to look into it more, but it's. I've seen it popping up. That and the carnivore diet, I, I'd say, are probably the two hottest diets on mm-hmm. social media, at least right now. So that one, media knows also. So that one's just like it sounds. I mean, only meat. Only? Like, the guy that's an advocate for it is just straight steak or beef. And why is that? Technically, you can make the argument on that one, like, and because people have said this before, like, you're, it's not what you eat, it's what you eat eats. So, through... Mm-hmm. Oversimplified logic: If you're eating a cow, the cow does is not eating meat. Right. You know, it's eating all your other, in theory, nutrients that you would need. So you could make an argument, good, bad, or otherwise. The leader of that is is Sean Baker. So he's an orthopedic surgeon. Okay. Um, so he's very well educated, and he, I like his approach to it because he's not pushy about it at all. He's always just like, I'm good. What you eat, he's like, this works for me. It works for my clients, and so it's only meat products. So again, you're cutting out all of the, the problematic foods for people and any kind of allergen potentials. So I think that's probably why a lot of people feel better. And then it has a lot of the keto-related benefits that you get from a keto diet. And then he says that there's enough and higher quality meats where you're still getting the essential vitamins and minerals that you mm-hmm. need so you're not at risk of getting like scurvy. <laughs> you know, uh, pirates did back in the day when they right. ate like salted meats and stuff. Yeah. So, so. Uh, again, that's another one that I, I see all over the place. His, and his hashtag with it is Meat Heels, and that's the name of his website, MeatHeels.com. That's hilarious. Awesome. And they had their like international meeting. They called it a meetup. That's <laughs> 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 brilliant. I, mean, I love these catchphrases. That's funny. <laughs> Apparently there's a big following in Iceland, I think, is where they had the meetup. <laughs> that would seem to make sense. I can see that. All the Icelandic... Strong men. Probably not hard to follow. 
from Iceland or just monsters. Yeah. Well, and he said, he goes, think of the top selling and most effective supplements that are always touted. It's like protein, uh, different amino acids, uh, carnitine, creatine, you know, all these things that are in beef. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the yeah. most effective and, and most popular supplements you can all get from from beef products. It's like, oh, he's got a point there. Right. But I don't know. A lot of people just think it's absolutely ridiculous. And like Alan Aragon's like, it's total bullshit. You <laughs> 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 don't follow the carnivore diet. We'll see. Well, going off a of diet, and I know this wasn't what we were going to try and jump into right away, but Jordan being the only one here that actually owns his own gym with that, and I've got to imagine you hear all kinds of questions on the daily about stuff like this. Like, how do you address that with, like, your actual clients and gym members? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We, when that's why I asked what, what's the vertical diet, what's, what's the carnivore diet. Because somebody's going to ask you in the next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> next week or two it'll blow up. Um, you know, we see that, and the ultimate goal is what, you know, what's the, what's your ultimate goal? Why is this, why is this going to be good for you? And they probably saw something in the marketing. At the end of the day, you said, like, they get rid of all the stuff that would cause inflammation, the allergens, all of that. And we go back to it, and everything's broken down to be somewhat similar at the end game, but also different enough to be different enough. But the, uh, the end results usually same thing. So I always ask the client, like, what, where'd you hear it? Why, why does that interest you? And did you buy it? Did you subscribe? Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, they'll talk and then I'll say, like, oh, yeah, you don't need to do that. And you'll see their face just kind of drop. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you bought it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I, I the first <laughs> box coming tomorrow, you know, and I just bought a half a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Whole 30 is a big one right now that a lot yeah. of our, our members go through. Um, and again, that's an elimination diet of sorts. And, and what we do is then go back to kind of the, the precision nutrition model is, are you ready for that? Do you, do you have the, the habits or the routines? Do you have the mindset? Do you have the knowledge? Do you have the consistency in place to even make that possible? Are you, are you getting the vegetables in? Are you meal prepping? Are you planning ahead? Um, are you getting enough water in? You know, are, your, are your meals, are your plates consistently looking the same? portion control and whatnot. If they're not doing any of that, some of these some of these diets will make them do it because they're they're doing the diet, you know, they're doing the plan, but they don't realize they're doing it. So the mindfulness part of it's not there, and that's the that's the ultimate thing that we want to teach is mindfulness and awareness and habits and rituals through that. If they can do that part and be consistent with it, that's a whole other whole other game. And I think that's. Uh, if there's any positives of something like the carnivore diet, it's that there aren't any rules. You just, it's so simple. Just eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, the guy that talks about it is like, all right, his meals or his daily intake is like two big steaks or like a pound of burger at lunch, and then he'll eat a big 20 some ounce ribeye at night. And, that's awesome. You know, that's all he That does not sound like it sucks. Simple diet, which, you know, for people that struggle with, oh, can I eat that? Can I eat this? You know, all these different rules. I and mean, that's what it's easy to get. Yeah, it's that's also it's, it's like pitfall, I think, is yeah, fried people get bored, you know, just eating meat every day. It eat sounds yourself. <laughs> well, it sounds kind of fun, and then you sit down, and you're like, man, I don't feel like eating a pound of burger for breakfast, you know, it's like, yeah. so. <clears> for some reason, I don't think I'd struggle with that. But I think I'd do it for a while, but then yeah, there's times where I'm craving something salty, crunchy, or, you know, See, whatever, if I could get like, the salt on it, I'd be good. It'd, it'd definitely be the crunch, because that's always my other one, but if I can get... Like, my new one is, I'm just crushing pistachios. Like, that's, like, my new <laughs> thing. Because, well, it's got some crunch, and yeah. it's got plenty of salt and pepper on it, so I get that fixed, and it keeps me away from wanting right. potato oh. chips or and that's the thing, anything like that. You know, you're eating high-protein, high-fat meals, so you're not really going to feel that hungry throughout the day. Yeah, so it curbs the appetite well, and just need to eat once or twice a day. And he's a monster of a, a guy. He's, like, six six. 200 and some pounds, so he needs to eat like 4,000 calories a day. So he says, normal person, they could just maybe do one big ribeye or something in the middle of the day, and that's all they would need. Hmm. So. Are there stipulations on deep fried chicken nuggets? Yeah, I mean, they he, cook it a little bit. He emphasizes, you know, higher quality meats and knowing where you're, you're getting your your beef and, and that from. And so he, 
I don't think you can get chicken nuggets yet in cheap sources. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be ideal. But I, I think what you said going back to being prepared and planned is hands down the most important thing about <clears> starting any kind of a diet. Like if you don't have recipes mm-hmm. lined out ahead of time, meal plan ideas, it's like you're almost doomed from the get-go. You can maybe have some success for a couple of weeks and then you're going to run into that day where shoot, I don't have everything ready and yeah. arm mm-hmm. off the road and make a snack or whatever. Now what? Yeah, Either you're forced to break your diet or just not eat. I don't know so <clears throat> yeah, they follow through and you'll see them, they'll follow a new plan. And if it, even if it's something like we, we coach them as like one habit a week. Like what can we focus on like one thing and do the one thing so well that everything else becomes that much easier or irrelevant. Yeah. And then it's our goal to find that one thing. Like what is that one thing and hopefully this is right. Um, but we have our, you know, our, uh, we follow again the PN method and then just kind of branch that on through motivational interviewing and beyond. But it is uh, it's something where you give them, um, you know, they're starting a plan and then all of a sudden week three they start kind of making their own pseudo plan with it. And then all of a sudden like week four becomes a little bit more of that and week five it's like not even the plan anymore but they don't realize it. They, they've, they've changed a little bit so much that they've, you know, they've, they've invited change into it and and they're not focused again on that other part anymore. And the, you nailed it on the head earlier too. You said there's no rules. People get in trouble when they have rules. And and you know it's a sign of what we would call disordered eating, where can I eat this right now, or I can't eat that because it's this, or oh, it's not my time to eat yet, or you know they 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 have these justifications or rules that go in their head all the day of the whole day, and then they end up choosing something that's probably likely not even part of their rules to begin with. Right. You know and and everything else so it's really just kind of cleaning up all of that is the biggest thing but obviously that's not flashy that's not sexy mm-hmm. it's not really marketable yeah. yeah and it's like you want to tell them not to worry about it too much because in the grand scheme they probably got to make much of a difference but yeah. then you'd also want to downplay the importance of you know eating right and following a plan that works but for people that stress like oh i was doing this intermittent fasting i ate 20 minutes early like damn it you know <laughs> <laughs> that's not really matter you know? So people put a lot of undue pressure on some of those things when, at the end of the day, it's not really going to matter one way or the other if you accidentally eat one thing that was, you had a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to eat bread. It'll be okay. As yeah. long as you're not allergic or have a right, yeah. to it, it's probably not going to make much of a difference. So Right. Well, I think it comes back to what you were talking about earlier is, earlier is mindfulness. So people, they start these diets and... They think about all the rules and rules. What can they do? What can't they do? And they lose the goal. So when they they focus on the rules so much, they end up breaking them and don't realize that they can break the rules and still kind of take a step closer to that final end goal without having to feel guilty about it. Right. Yeah. Just being mindful of what the purpose of the diet is rather than what the content of the diet is. Yeah. Well, we talked about that. And that nutrition for athletes episode of, you know, I don't really ask people to track calories all day, every day. It's just tedious. I don't think you need to do it, but it brings awareness to what you actually are eating and what your calorie intake probably looks like on a typical basis. Right. And that can be really eye opening for people. And once you realize what your typical meal patterns and behaviors and snacks look like, then you can make better decisions moving forward without having to be meticulous and count it all day, every day. But well, that's the yeah, same one again to rehash that point is like do it a couple of times yeah. to figure out what we can set and then just substitute things right you know and then we said like rice and chicken and i was having this conversation with an athlete like you don't need to eat rice and chicken for dinner every day from here until the end of your career like if you have a burger instead carbs protein can we kind of similarly equate them enough that it's not going to like screw up your whole thing yeah and that's the point. Like, but we know that you're staying kind of within a wheelhouse. Right. And uh, if you go and slam the cheesecake afterwards, then we got to talk. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> right? Well, that's where I think precision nutrition nails it. With not getting into the numbers as much as just easy to understand portion size estimations and things that are much more tangible and practical for people to use without having to get a calculator out and write all this stuff down. I think they, just, they, do, they do a great job of user-friendly applications with how they approach. Yeah, it works for most. Like we have we have some. Uh, like, for example, we have our, our member that's going for the powerlifting meet this weekend, and we've been, I mean, macros to the T, and she's a numbers person, and she works really well. Like mm-hmm. that. She wants that. She learns like that. 
we support that 100%. Yeah. We just coach it differently. Right. You know, and we know how to coach that. Um, and that's that individualization part that comes into play and what does a person need. And that's huge. Learn? How can they gain from this? How can they benefit from this? Are they ready for this? Mm-hmm. And we plug and chug the numbers. She eats pounds of vegetables a day. She eats enough protein, you know, more protein for um, than, than, than is, is required by um, you know, a daily a daily intake, but she's on this track to be this powerlift to meet, and she's completely changed everything. She's highly adaptable. Right. Like we know that too. Like we change something tomorrow, she's ready to ready to go into it. Yeah, it's something I'm realizing more now is whether people are ready to play the numbers game, and they completely yeah. understand it. We're actually presenting an abstract this summer. <laughs> Some data that we collected this spring with our athletes is really cool. We just asked them what they think. They need in terms of calories, in terms of how, how many grams of protein do you think you need? And, and athletes, even though they've been tracking on my fitness pal for the entire season, they still had no idea how to answer those questions. Like one of the girls on the cross team, how, how many grams of protein do you think you need today? And she put twenty. Or, <laughs> we asked them how many calories do you think you need? A uh, thousand, you know. And they're burning four thousand calories a day. And then we asked them how much do you? How much do you think you need? How much do you think you are actually eating? And then we actually presented and compared it to their MyFitnessPal logs. Just completely all over the board. They just have no idea of what their actual requirements are. They don't know how to play the numbers game. So if you if you give someone macro recommendations and they have no idea what that means, what kind of foods are mm-hmm. protein, carbs, and fats, it's like that's not going to work yeah. for that person. So if they, they, like you said, they have to be prepared and know how to use that in order for it to be effective. Well, we did that for the higher end, like college diet. Like, here's what a day of 6,000 calories looks like. And, you know, and that's putting on a frozen pizza and everything. And, like, just, you know, three meals plus two or three snacks. Like, here's what equals up to 6,000 calories. And we posted it outside. We went from 4,500 by 500 up just so, you know, not everybody needs 6,000 calories. But... Guys are looking at it and they're like, wait, I gotta eat that much? And it was just like, mine, because we'd always say, you have to eat, well, I'm eating a lot. Well, 6,000 calories. Do you have any idea how much a lot is? And I think we were running into is we never, and that's kind of what I got to is like, well, we say eat a lot, but we never like physically show what that is. And so I had Austin Fitzpatrick put them together and he did a great job just laying it out. And he had like the macros on there too, but it was just like, this is the amount of food. Not even super healthy, like you have to eat clean, but just a strict amount of food, and that was a big game changer for a bunch of them. Well, how many how many times have you heard you know, people that are hard gainers like I just can't put yeah. weight on? I don't know. I eat a lot. It's like no, you don't. <laughs> you don't know what that. Means. <laughs> you, you say that, but your four no. ounces of chicken breast and pound of broccoli is not a lot. Of exactly. <laughs> you may feel full because you just ate a pound of broccoli, right. but it's, yeah, in terms of straight calories, I was say, I actually eat a lot. Like Sure, put yeah. down six thousand calories a day, right? I mean, it's either or four ounces of chicken breast gets people. Yeah, like like like, like look at how much chicken breast. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, and and at the end of the day, that's what maybe two hundred fifty calories in that whole plate, right? Yeah. A pound of broccoli and four ounces of chicken breast. Yeah, you know, it's 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 super tiny, but they'll go and have that in a morning coffee, no problem. Yeah, and then again, it comes down to who, who that person is and what their needs are. So for you, you know, that, that's not really going to be the best approach. <laughs> Unless you serve it with a needs. stick or two of butter. Yeah, yeah. if they only need 1,800 calories a day and they're trying to lose weight, like that kind of right. meal <clears throat> is probably more ideal and, and it fills them up, it makes them feel satisfied, and they're still going to stay on track. But yep. for you, you'd have to put 15 of those down. Yeah. I think by lunch. I think people lose that. Like, people like us lose that a lot in that we're so immersed in this kind of culture that it's easy for us to look at that meal and go that's not very much food but even I when I first came to you I was in that culture and I was like I'm eating plenty and I feel like shit I'm not performing well and when we actually took inventory of what I was doing we realized that I wasn't eating very much, even though, I mean, I was eating a couple pounds of meat a day and a couple cups of rice, and I was eating a good amount of food, but I think it's so easy to just misjudge, especially when you're not a nutritionist, you're an athlete, you just want to train and perform to let everything else go by the wayside. 
and I think one thing that I've learned in my journey in academia and then coaching is just making all of that information available to people has been the biggest step for like not overlooking the simple things uh, when I'm talking to clients or athletes is the most helpful thing I've, I've learned to do in that they just are so much more receptive when you can give them information instead of talking over their head. But I think it's so easy to, and I see it all the time, uh, people just misjudge their athletes. And they say, okay, yeah, I eat a big meal tonight. But then, what is a big meal? Can I be more specific with it? Yeah. More? <clears throat> I was just reading, um, it's called Everybody Writes. It's basically just how to write better. And it was really interesting because they talked about blog posts and Twitter and the whole bit. And uh, the lady kind of came back to is, you know, to, to your point of like, are we communicating the right things? Because what we follow as a group on a daily basis, well, everybody should know this because that's all we see. That's what bombards our feeds because that's what we follow. And she made the big point of like, when you're writing about a post or, you know, an article about something, like you have to pick somebody that you're writing to. So, like, if, and understanding that even though you don't find it new and interesting, what you know, somebody else has not the slightest clue. And so, like, picking somebody when you're t talking about health, like, do you need to write about health like you're writing to your mom or your grandma who gets most of their stuff from the headlines that come across the evening news, which we all know aren't always perfect, or, like, Reader's Digest or, you know, something like that where... They have not the slightest basics of it because they just don't. And yet, when we look at it, we go flying right past. And even we, we had this conversation back in doing the blog, like going back to the basics to teach people those simple things, and you know, communicating in that way, and not just assuming, well, they're an athlete; they should know this stuff just because they're an athlete. I struggle with that as a teacher sometimes, you know, right? Knowing when I'm teaching undergraduate classes, I don't want to say talk down to them, but you got to repeat yourself every sure. year. Well, that, <laughs> even though you get smarter in a manner that's just more comprehensible for mm -hmm. their current education level, and even knowing the difference between undergraduate and graduate, you, know, you can kind of present information differently, just even with that small difference in education status. And it's a challenge, you know, knowing the contents one thing, but being able to present it in a way that makes sense to them and that they can comprehend. So, kind of hold it in ball game sometimes. How much do you see that, Jordan, with people coming in that they are just truly wide-eyed, that they don't know any of this stuff? Or do you get it a lot where, like, yeah, I know I should be, you know, eating these things, but just the implementation and, like, the follow-through? I mean, yeah, we, we, we go through it, and, like, we all know what's healthy and what's not healthy, you know, at the end of the day. And, and a lot of times the person will feel like when we go through our initial nutrition consults and assessment, I want to see what you know and what you're doing. And I... and. Uh, we ask a certain set questions, but then I'll listen to the person and continue to ask and just ask, and I'm just mad scrambling everything down that I can or typing it up everything I can to make sure that I have all of that information on there because that's going to lead to something in the future. And we see it as in somebody will come in and I'll ask them what they've done in the past. What kind of nutrition plan have they done? Are they doing anything right now? Have they worked with anybody before? What's their major focus right now? Um, it's one of our initial questions, as, 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 as it is with training and exercise as well. And, and it's just listening and seeing what they're at and not, never assuming anything, because that's a huge trap that yeah. we fall into as well, particularly me. You know, and then it's, sometimes you'll say something that you think is like, okay, like he or she's got it. And then two weeks later, like, we talked about this, and it just wasn't re received. You know, and it happens a lot daily. Um, and... Uh, multiple times with a person so it's 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 really making sure that you're communicating and, and helping that person learn the best that they can a lot of times they're so frustrated and so uncomfortable with everything that you're talking about they don't receive information anyway so you're trying to send them the recap notes that they can review later themselves you're sending them some other information that they can read on their own or leading them to do stuff on their own you're talking to them about it you're showing them on a diagram you're, you're trying to do these in all different ways of teaching people how to learn so that they can they can absorb it um, and that's one of the new things that we're actively working on at unity because we used to just be all yeah like we talked about it like you're good 
or yeah, I sent it out an email. Didn't you read it? Or <laughs> you know, where were you when you read that? And it's just retaining the information and making sure that they understand it, and and not assuming that you know, and and knowing why they know what they know and how they know what they know too is is a big thing. It's it's tough, and it, and it's and it's very very common. Well, going back to the news, it doesn't help that they're getting mixed messages from everywhere they yeah. look and read. Yeah. Right. Well, well, they said carbs are good. Well, they said they're bad. Well, they said I can't eat after eight. Well, they said it's fine. You know, it's like who do you trust? What what's what's actually right for yeah. that person? What's not? That that's an ongoing battle. And there's no easy yeah. solution there. I think sometimes people just tune it out then at a certain point because there's just so much overload of what what do you believe in not knowing? So it's just yeah. like screw it. <laughs> Well, I'm just gonna I do what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and what I do, and I kind of recommend to people is I find the people that I, I trust, and I I kind of know that the content and information they're putting out is probably been well researched, it's evidence based, it's been put into practice, and I, I'm pretty confident most of the things that they say are probably as close to the truth as we'll get. Yeah, it's at least then, well thought of. It's yeah, not and, a and, gimmick and other necessarily that, backed up with something that they're trying to sell. Yeah. Right. And that those kind of people, thing. I'm way more cautious. Not that I completely ignore it. I just am like, oh, I'm going to have to wait and see mm-hmm. or look this look into it more myself before I, I completely dismiss it or just say, eh, we need more time to figure out if that's actually going to we sure. talked about that with kind of getting to one extreme or the other. Like, if this is the only way to do it, right? You got that got that has to throw up a red flag, exactly. Or it's an instant quick right. fix, mm-hmm. which is a struggle of seeing like Doctor Oz on the now the health advisory board to the president, like yeah. a guy that's been indicted or brought in in front of Congress for making essentially false claims, right. and now he's writing policy. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. But again, you know, looking at other ones, and I'm not trying to throw on anybody out of the bus, but like having something broad where it still works, you know, you look at a Stepani who is kind of an if it fits your macro slash potential intermittent fasting. I'm sure other things I don't follow them super close, or like even Lane Norton, like it's broad enough that there's flow underneath it. That it doesn't have to be the only thing or you have to purchase their thing, whereas some of these downstream revenue, midline marketing things, it's like, well, yeah, you need to eat healthy plus take these 17 different things every week in order to maintain what you're doing. So even though it's a program, there's enough flexibility that you can still go within it. Precision nutrition, just what everything you guys are talking about. Well, and again, going back to the people that I kind of trust, all of them have the same thing in common, whereas they'll say this is going to be an approach that works for the majority of the people and is most realistic right. and, and able to actually follow. <laughs> the programming for five million, not for five. Yeah, and then he'll, and all those people can also acknowledge that keto can certainly work for some people depending yes. on your situation. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, go for it, but it doesn't have to be that route. Or, you know, can, they can acknowledge the other diets and programs can certainly work, but they don't say this is the only way. Right. And that's, yeah. I think, where you can kind of tell the difference between, eh, they're trying to cram everything into this one. There's something behind it. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't think it has to be that way. Yeah. And while we're on the topic, another red flag for me, especially because this is, I mean, what we do is people who get way, way into the science of things generally have no business talking about like the molecular um, justification for their whatever diet systems. I think people. People fall for it a lot because it sounds flashy and it sounds really cool. These big words. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's not complicated. Like diet, almost any diet that's decently well thought out is going to work. And even a lot of the ones that aren't will work because it's not all that complicated to lose weight. Actually, I had a question on it, so go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's not all that complicated to lose weight. Um, it's just tedious at times. Like right. it's, it's not always fun. So people are looking for the thing that's fun and flashy. Yeah. And easy. Easy, yeah. So I was going to ask, and I had seen this, and I know, this, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've ever seen like Unity post a thing about like, oh, they're X amount of weeks in, and they're this many pounds down, and this many percent body fat down. Like I've never seen that. I know you do your big challenge, but that's over the course of... Six weeks. Six weeks? Okay, I can't remember. But I had seen one, it's like, in two weeks, I'm down six pounds, which I 
fully believe can happen because depending on when you step on the scale and water weight and if you clean up your diet, like you can shed some inflammation yeah, or whatever it may be. You can lose six pounds throughout the day. Yeah. Right. Um, but the one that got me, and this is, I actually wanted to ask our sciencey people, 4% body fat in two weeks. Yeah. Now, how it's measured, I know, plays a huge role in that because you could lose 10% body fat by your hydration status with a um, measuring it that way, uh, impedance, biological impedance. Is it legit even possible to drop like 4% body fat in two weeks? I think it is like for the right person. But I'm not talking like fitness competitor. I'm thinking about like your average right. daily workout trying to get fit person. Is yeah, that because percent body fat isn't exactly measuring the amount of fat that you're losing or muscle that you're gaining. Slight changes in either, especially if they're both changing. If you drop body fat, even just a little bit, and you put on a little bit of lean muscle, that will have a pretty dramatic impact on the overall percent. Because okay. just the way you measure that, you express you know, the amount of fat mass per total body weight. So, if, again, your, your weight stays the same, or fat fluctuates one way, and then fat's going down, lean body mass goes up just a little bit. It could swing things overall in as much as a 4%. I don't know. In two weeks, it might be. And that was my biggest concern pay. about it. Or, confusion about it and yeah yeah i've seen a lot of those come across right but back to our marketing ploy like is that just that is it a marketing ploy whether it's truly oh yeah legit or not because that's the one part exactly. i almost wanted to like reach out and be like hey how about we set up the bipod as controlled as we can that every week on monday at 6 30 a.m is when you're going to come in and you're going to do it and not even that like bob i wouldn't trust or however would be yeah. the best way. I mean, we don't have the deck well, set up either, but it would be interesting. Like that. To that the first question I asked is, what did you use to measure it? Right. How consistent was your environment and your pre Let's well, put this thing to the test and see if you want to stand up to it. And I think it's hard because I don't know that there's enough research money out there to do that. Right. You know, basically, you know, or people are going to kind of get scared of like, hey, I don't know that I want to yeah, actually put it up to science. Right, we could. I mean, easy fun to just screw yeah. around in the lab one day and you right. put different clothing on or you you go in hydrated, dehydrated mm -hmm. within a couple hours of one another or pre-post big meals. I mean, those numbers are going to bounce around. I think, that's, yeah. bond pot itself I think that's a big thing, too. Right. Like, you never see the befores, right? So they could have different clothes on and everything. Right. My big thing, because I was asked this question recently, too, and um, from what I would deem as a, uh, a source that was, like, legitimately wondering the same thing mm -hmm. and we know that with the handhelds and with certain measurements that we can skew them very easily and I know some of these places are using that on a regular basis so I could have a person drink a gallon of water and then go do it and we could skew it so harshly through the water itself that you can, it can, you can hold that, that thing here and you can hold and it, hold it up, right and get a different number so I, I think there's hydrated so make it higher body fat or less body fat if you're super hydrated Higher the water, less. Because it'll be less, transmitted. Yeah. Less body fat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. I and obviously we want people to drink water. Right. We can tell them, like, hey, when you come in for your two-week check-in, make sure you drink a gallon of water before you come in that morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, or do it. Look at these results I'm getting. Well, just because yeah. we told someone to When we measure changes in body count, we have strict pre-testing guidelines. Right. And we also measure hydration status before they even get on the next set. Oh, that makes sense. Within a certain window, or we'll say. Control and draw the variables. Drink half a liter and we'll retest you in a half an hour nice. and make sure yeah. that it's standardized and controlled because otherwise you're not getting accurate data. Right. So we have like the in-body machine that essentially uses the same type of thing and we, I, whenever we see these results from them, I always let them know like where their hydration was compared to their, I have their average hydration and where they were and where they are now. So if someone was up three pounds more, like, hey, this is going to show a little bit more skewed than what we want, but I want to let you know that you are building muscle, you are losing fat. Our, our, our stuff's right. working. You're going in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Changes. And right. I'll, I'll tell that to students too. Of things like BIS can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Yeah. They can make you yeah. look like a stud <laughs> trainer. Like, oh, I've got 10% body fat in my 12 weeks of this trainer. And that well, could be uh, certainly exaggerated a little bit, but they could have gotten in that direction or mm -hmm. it could backfire on you and it shows that person got fatter. Mm -hmm. Even though they actually were making mm -hmm. positive improvements, that tool they used just didn't reflect that. And then that person gets discouraged. And yeah. I don't get it. I feel better. I look better. I'm having good success, but this 
cheap $20 machine said otherwise, and now it's all worth The same money. argument with the scale. I mean, that one we did up in the lab a couple years ago where... Remember those ladies, how discouraged they were? Oh, my God. They were only down... Or they were down, like, three pounds. But when you looked at it, they were up, like, seven pounds of muscle or some, oh, wow. some ridiculousness. Like 50 pounds of bypass, you know, whatever. Yeah. They made awesome recomposition type... But they were so, so scared of what the scale said. It was yeah. just, like... Until you put that, and I think some light bulbs went off, but I'm sure some still went on. Oh, this is stupid. It's yeah, not yeah. doing anything. Yeah, it's, it's making sure you get that conversation with them, you know, ahead of time. And education. The, the good thing, too, is, like, when you're seeing these things, like, people are at these gyms or these facilities, and they are changing their lives. I mean, they're, they're working out. They're drinking more water. They're, they're probably eating better. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all part of the greater cause. I mean, so there's that part of it, too. They're doing something to change their lives. Some of it is more for a marketing thing, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a self-boosting thing too. But I think there are some, probably some, you know, little, hey, we're gonna do it like this today, or make sure, sure, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But if they're doing something that is losing four percent body fat, right? Somebody like post it, like we would love to know what you're doing, like if that's a legit thing and it's happening legitimately like that. What what is going on? You know. Well, I think even uh, thinking back to. A particular study we ran at TCU. Um, we had these guys come in and they were all well trained. They had to squat one and a half times body weight, bench one and a quarter, and deadlift two times body weight. So, I mean, they're well trained dudes. Yeah. But we have them come in uh, for their baseline DEXA, and then four weeks later, they get another DEXA. But in that four weeks, we absolutely just blasted them with volume and put them on a specific diet. They were on the diet for two weeks before the deck's up. But if you think about it, like, when you're going to blast somebody with volume, you're going to get an increase in muscle volume just because you're going to have an influx of all these different things. And so even after just four weeks in relatively well-trained guys, we saw, like, they dropped 6% body fat and put on, like, 6 pounds of lean mass in four weeks. But is that really what we wanted. Can that be my next two weeks? I gotta trim up before the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's even that paper out that showed you can kind of hack a DEXA. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you go through, if you carb deplete someone and their glycogen levels are low, you yeah. test them and then you just put them on a carb refeed, it's going to look like they put on two pounds of muscle in a day, yeah. but it's just because the way the DEXA assesses lean body mass is just looking at more so like how full mm-hmm. the tissue is and now if it's glycogen saturated, it's going to appear like they put on that much more muscle so no matter what device you're using you can kind of rig it to your favor unfortunately so i think the moral is <laughs> quit lying people just <laughs> do it right if you're going to use these tools whether it's a scale a dexa bod pod in body whatever and you're truly trying to track progress consistency is going to be your best friend same tool same time yeah yep. uh, yeah it's everything you hear about lab work yeah you know you're Cortisol levels are going to look all jacked up if you get it done at 4.30 in the afternoon after a stressful day at work compared to even if you did it that morning after a full night's sleep. And, you know, you can't, it's a snapshot in time. It's not fluid. And not only consistency, but how are you taking care of that equipment? Are you calibrating it? Are you moving it around? You know, there's these companies that like to do travel body comp assessments. And I've seen underwater weighing, like, in a truck. And they'll drive around and and do underwater weighing. I have not seen that. Bond pods, things like that. Uh, like, bond pods. Underwater wing wouldn't be as influenced by moving it, but things like bod pod and stuff like that, they're not to be meant to move. You need to recalibrate it. Your your air, your atmosphere, your environmental conditions have to be within certain ranges or you're not getting accurate information. Oh, yeah. tell so you, you redo that, you actually have to go look at it, don't you? Like you have, I remember that now. So when even up in the human performance lab. Yeah, when yeah. they installed that, they said you know your, your temperature, your humidity, even the airflow that's around this needs to be very stable within a certain window. Yep. If you move it, if it, something changes, you really should have us come out and recalibrate the sensor, you know, whatever. Right, I don't right. understand that part. That makes sense. They'll, they'll tell you you're not going to get accurate information. So, again, companies that are doing these travel around things, it's like, may as well just tell the person to take their shirt off and look at them because you'll, <laughs> you'll get a better idea. Isn't there a study on that that you can, some people can get pretty accurate? I, I, I swear I've seen something like that. I would trust my eyes visually assessing body comp to a bod pod any day. If we were to compare that, those values, to like a duck I bet I could be just as good as a bod pod good. When I went, when I first got to <laughs> I DC, think that's all the challenge hold, but Oliver loved skin hold. Yeah. And then after doing like a thousand of them for that study, 
we just we just had somebody come in. Dexa put them at twenty five point three percent, I think, and I was like twenty five one. Oliver was like twenty five four or something. Skin folding, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, How many do you do? Trained what? How many spots? For seven this? sites. Seven? Jackson and Pollock. And I like that, too, because you get site-specific mm-hmm. indications mm-hmm. of where they're losing fat or putting on more muscle. And, you know, for, especially for, like, a physique competitor, that's really valuable information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they're judged on. Is you can look at a little bit more of hormone stuff that way, too, mm-hmm. and then tackle that. This is a little off-topic, but I want to get into... Pizza? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I always want to get <laughs> but we just got a new uh, G Logic E ultrasound. Oh yeah, oh, get cool. into like the uh, fat thickness and see if we can come up with something. Mm-hmm. I think what if Brad does that a lot. Yeah, well, fat and muscle thickness. Yeah, type thing. I think he uses that more so than anything else mm-hmm. in his training studies. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. So, <laughs> so have you done anything else with um, the gym since we last talked? Any big changes? We in are. Terms of, we, oh, yeah. we are about to, like, probably for the next month, um, physically. Uh, any kind of other changes? Not so much right now. Um, equipment here and there, but we're about to, like, revamp the entire training room. So the, the, the room that we were originally in, um, is going to be completely remodeled and uh, reset up. Better gym flow. We need more space. We need more squat racks. We need more dumbbells. We need different type of structure. Um, and that's going to happen hopefully by... Oh, I would love to try and get some floor in by next weekend. Hopefully it gets ordered and, and can ship that quickly um, from the warehouse. But I would say by the end of June for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be the big, big, big one. Um, and then if that doesn't work well, we're going to have to look in another space. It's Wow. It's just getting... Yeah, that's awesome. Problem yeah, it's a good problem. Yeah, yeah, a problem, problem yeah. We want to try and milk everything we put into that as much as we can. Uh, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, specifically on paint and, and plumbing and electrical. Because <laughs> you've been there? We'll be on three years. Three? Now. Okay. Yep, just over three. So... And, and the refrigeration place doesn't seem to be moving out anytime soon. No, I joked about it. They are with our last. So our lease right now, we're at like a ninety day. We just have to give a ninety day notice, and we can we can leave. Um, but I joked about it. I'm like, hey, maybe you'll be, you know, wanting to sell the building, and maybe want to move, <laughs> something like that soon. Underground parking, all that good stuff that comes with it. But I think we'll we need bigger anyway. The high ceiling warehouse type of effect. And I guess you can go kind of a little look at more like an old CrossFit kind of model, but just sure. more open, just more. Mm-hmm. More open, so we we're looking. We have our eyes open if the right place came around. It's nice, nice to have a good good spot in the meantime. It's yeah. not like you're rushed into it or anything. Like yeah, that. right, right. We're there's no. I mean, we've changed some system stuff around, operation stuff around to make this flow a little bit better because it got nuts. Like we had so many people join recently that we couldn't handle that. I mean, we we, we couldn't. We did. We just didn't know how that was going to be. It was a growing pain. We've never mm-hmm. had that before. So. Just switching our gears around a little bit and getting more tight shipped. And, yeah. What do you feel like has been the biggest change as far as you just had a bunch of people join? How has kind of the metric between uh, all the members changed as you grow? Um, what do you mean by metric? So, like, how do, how do group interactions change as you gain a bunch of members very quickly? Yeah, really good question. Um, so we have we have our members that have been with us since like day one, and and we have a very high we have a very high renewal rate, um, especially ones that set up for like an annual membership. I mean, I think it's like a ninety something percent renewal. I mean, it's really high. So we've had like the core probably sixty members that have been with us since we've been opened or since they've joined, they haven't left type of thing. But with that much newness coming in right away, um, it's up to the coaches to educate them like our first session is education gym etiquette a lot of these people are coming to the gym for the first time ever so we have to tell them how the gym runs and um but then it's also we have members that maybe we consider ambassadors that really help us out in that sense too and and we really appreciate that but they're also taking ownership like we say like unity is our gym it's 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 not just your gym it's our gym it's our fit fam it's our community and they take ownership in that it's one of our core values and they they live and breathe it while they're in there 
and they help out that way. But there's there's still a little bit of that that curve there, right? There's mm -hmm. when you know we had a lot of these new people start on the same day, and there was a lot of newness going on, <laughs> and, 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 and at the end of the day, our biggest goal is to make sure we're taking care of everybody in there, including the ones that have been investing with us and trusting us since day one. And, and uh, like I told our coaches two weeks ago in the team meeting, um, we just lost a coach to an internship and graduation stuff last Friday, but uh, we, you know, we talked about that a little bit, and yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> now, um, no, we, we talked about that, and I said, you guys are my number one priority, because you guys are going to be here with me more than I am as a com collective and I need I need to take care of you so you can take care of our people and hopefully we can instill some of that in our core members and they can help us out when we need them to but there was there was definitely uh, a learning curve there a lesson for us a uh, couple mm -hmm. that we have very uh, well documented and and taken action on um, some immediate some soon to be and some in case it happens again so well, we're we're a little bit more prepared this time, and it didn't help that I went on vacation right when all of this started. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of that. But our guys, our our coaches, our our two women and our two men, they were phenomenal. They they made it work. We got rock stars there, and um, they they live and breathe our system and our values. So that helped out a ton, and and they made they make they make magic happen, man. So yeah, that's a good question. That was that was our first time kind of. Running through that that type of thing, so yeah, they do a fantastic job with their current members. I know there's a lot of things I listen to. It's you know you can't always be focused on getting new ones. You got to take care of the ones that are already there because they're already paying you. So why not make sure you're you know you're taking care of your consumers, not just looking for future customers. And just even thinking about the thing we ran last summer to try and create more of a community feel. Like I don't know. If your people didn't show up, we wouldn't have had success, basically. But you know, it's a it's a it's a Thursday night, and they're all coming out to you know be part of this in essence fundraiser, and that that was impressive. And that's hard to create that. I feel well, I'm like. sure that's probably part of the reason why you're having this influx is that the word is starting to spread throughout your core group that you guys do a good job, and they're probably telling people, and yeah. I think it's coming down, down, down to now where it's not so much like when we first were getting referrals, it was it, it wasn't a lot because of our membership rates. We we do a structure that's completely different than I think just about every other gym in the area, where personal training is included in the monthly membership. So from the outside looking in, you see it and you're thinking like, what in the like, nope, like not my gym. But then our members are now realizing like what it actually is, like the value of that and what you actually get for it. And um, whether that's because they've been to other gyms, they've talked to other people and seen that difference, or they're now feeling and experiencing the difference of it all. Um, and we're seeing more of that where now it's just more like, no, you just need to come try it and check it out for yourself. And, you know, I always joke about like the Lay's potato chip, like you can't eat just one. Like you can't just go, in theory, to unity just once. Like you want to come back and you want to come back and... And that was our whole mission. Like we wanted to, we wanted to create a third place. Um, took it from Starbucks, right? So they wanted to be that third place mm -hmm. for home Starbucks. I wanted to take over Starbucks. Like I think it's in my business plan that, that like, I want to become the third place and take over Starbucks. And uh, and our members will say like, no, I go to work, I go home, and I come here. Like, that's all I do. And they're they're for the first time ever, they're happiest and they're having the most fun in a gym. And if we can get them comfortable doing that, like. There's no telling what they can be capable of. So that's where we can tackle more of the outside stuff and their mindset and their nutrition, their mindfulness. So we, we, we do a lot of that, probably more than I feel like most other gyms do. But maybe that's the difference of us, too. Yeah. Going through all that. I think uh, this new gym I'm at in Fort Worth is kind of the first gym that's been like that. So, like, I've always lifted at hardcore kind of just hundreds and hundreds of members come in you have you of course there are cliques of people like you have the power lifters who hang out the bodybuilders who train together but you you feel connected but i never really understood and i, I mean i love iron physique i love mad tom fitness not talking badly about either of those gyms or even that culture but i stumbled into blue wave in fort worth and it, it 
the more and more you talk about unity, the more and more it sounds exactly like when I think about Blue Wave. It's first day there, I walk in the door and people are asking, like, oh, is this a new guy? Chris is, oh yeah, he's checking it out. People are introducing themselves. It's, and you just immediately become entrenched in the family. And I think, especially like a, I'm a, a, an experienced lifter, and I didn't think it would. No, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I don't need motivation to go to the gym all that often. But when I do, it's there. But I think more importantly for just the newbie coming into a gym, I mean that would be a scary place. You don't know what you're doing. Nobody's around, and to have a family of people there who you don't feel stupid going, hey. How do I do this exercise? It's so much more than, yeah, you can tackle the mindset, you can tackle all this, but you keep people coming, and ultimately, that's more important than anything else. Like, people always talk about, we, we argue about the small details, or as I like to say, we major in the minors. Like, should I do four sets or five sets? Should it be 80%, 75%? But in the end game, you can't, it won't matter if they just stop coming, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear that there's a gym in lacrosse doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool that uh, that there's one similar where you're at too, Blue yeah. Wave. You know, it's, and I just think of it now, like seeing you, like a new member comes in like in two weeks, right? And you're there doing your thing, and you see him doing something like, oh man, that was nice. And the person's probably thinking, well, like, <laughs> like he's telling me that, and I just see him lifting 600 pounds, you yeah. know, and. And having that that type of effect too is is way more powerful than anything like a coach can do yeah. for that person at, in that point in time. So yeah, just the community thing was huge. And again, taking that idea from CrossFit, that's what made them so huge yeah. when they first. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And and how can we create that? And you know, we call it the Fit Fam. And that started when our first kind of six week challenge that we did in January the first year, and and it just exploded from that. You know, so it's, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And there's still people that aren't at the gym anymore that are still part of our FitFam. You know, we have a, a secret FitFam Facebook group, and they're still on it. They're still commenting on stuff. They're, again, there's a 20, 30 people going up for, for Becca's powerlift meeting this weekend. Wow. Meet this weekend, yeah. And um, they're all wearing their Unity swag. I think even the ones that aren't at Unity anymore are still putting on their swag, and they made signs. I mean, everything's going up there. And we have a wedding. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be street. We're right, Joel. I'm yeah, right, so uh, <laughs> so no, it's uh, it's gonna be good. Or right, earmark the one of the unity stuff doesn't get open bar. Just <laughs> <laughs> keep with the unity. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm wrong. Yeah. So don't wear this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna be good, and, and she's the first one that's done um, a meet like this. So the gym is fully, you know, supportive of her, and we're learning from that, too, like, okay, like, maybe we create a powerlifting team, maybe mm -hmm. we create, like, an obstacle course racing team, and build programs for them to do that, she's got this meet, and then June 30th, she's doing a Spartan race, right, so nice. it's, like, a complete flip, she's she going to the gym on Monday, she's ready for it, her macros are already ready to roll, like, I have another meeting with her today at 11, um, and what time is it? 10.40, yeah, so, yeah, a little bit, and, um, <laughs> You know, she's she's ready to flip. She's our she's our numbers gal and everything else. And then there's a couple other people that are interested now in like five Ks and doing that. And we're thinking like, hey, like we just got to build programs for them, to make sure that they're running. Otherwise, like you said earlier, with athlete, like go home, need a big meal. Yeah, just go ahead and run a little bit today. Run a little bit more tomorrow. <laughs> uh, like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're only going to get the person who runs a mile. And like, okay, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Or yeah. the person who runs ten and comes in trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, so it's just building the programs for the person and what their goals are. Our, our big epiphany last May, uh, we went to Mexico for a week of vacation, and it was my first time that I was able to like, completely step away from work in like six years and just like complete disconnect. And we're sitting out on the beach and thinking, okay, like we're giving people what they most desired in their bodies and their health, and we're getting them to be able to do things that they never thought they were going to be able to do or do again. What do we do next? I don't want to be always known for weight loss or fat loss. And that was like, now what's the next step? What do we need to do for that? So we proposed the question, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with this new body that you have, this new mindset that you have? What, you know, what are things like that that you want to do and how can we help you do that? Getting the answers, okay, we need to get more educated. We need to build programs for that. We need to learn on more like detailed running and foot striking and gait, golf, 
DBRT is like part of that process too, just learning more of the different type of movement patterns. Um, all of it. So like this year was fully committed to fitness and re-educating like the fitness side of things and um, and going through that. And, and last year, sorry, last year was that too. But it, it's carried over a little bit into this year. But it's just continuous learning. But now it's more specific on what we need to learn and how do we help more people. Yeah. It's a very jack-of-all-trades type of thing. But that's important, right, for the average gym-goer. I think you have to. It's... You can't just focus on the training part because then they leave the gym and they can train, but they don't know how to eat or mm -hmm. they don't realize that, oh, I had a stressful week at work. Why don't I feel good? Right. It's like that's the biggest revelation I've seen. Just that idea is huge for people. Like they go to the gym, they feel like crap, they get more stressed, they feel like yeah, more, more crap. crap, and it's just a spiral out of control and just taking them back. Uh, even a girl at Blue Wave this week, she one of our best lifters. She's like, she's gonna lift an A group at USAW Nationals. Like she's phenomenal, and she's just been having a rough time with some personal stuff. And then she's putting all this pressure on herself because she's first year lifting at an A group, and just telling her like, "Hey, you you got here. You've already done the work. You need to stop stressing and just manage the expectations. Don't go in saying I need 105 kilos today. Yeah, just take what's there and." probably more times than not, it's going to be 105, but if you go in saying, I need 105, I can guarantee most times it won't be there. I like that, man. Uh, that's why I asked right before we started talking, what's the one thing or two things I can tell, you know, meeting with her in a little bit, yeah. her, her and her coach gonna, and I are we're all meeting and figuring out our numbers, what we're going to do, and yeah, man, it's good stuff. So to put you on track for that, we won't ask you all the same clinically pressed questions, but I did want to ask. Keep going. Yeah. Hmm? Book recommendations, new ones, Ooh. recently. So I've been Added trying to, the to yeah, I've been trying to dive more into the fiction world to get, get my imagination back, you know, back to my childhood and stuff like that. So I'm going through the entire Game of Thrones series. Nice. Um, read them; they're dense, but they are so, 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 so good. And uh, but I just read a book, super short and sweet, that was recommended from a member of ours called Coaching Excellence by Ben uh, Burt. Bergeron, Ferguson, he's um, a Bergeron, Bergeron. yeah, Bergeron. the CrossFit, yes, New, New England, England. yeah, yeah. Uh, David's daughter, Matt Rice, their coach, yeah, he's, we actually got to interview Tori Dyson, who trains yeah. out of that gym, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, with David's daughter. yeah. Or in, uh, sorry, in the uh, um, video uh, with it too, there's, a, there's yep. an online portion, um, but it's more about like his values of excellence, and those values are like his core values at the gym, again, it's like 200 pages, but it's, I mean, it's so good in the coaching principles and grit and commitment and, and everything else. And I read it, I think, in just a few hours. It's just such an easy turn. And now I'm using those principles to kind of get back more in that mindset of how we can memories. But yeah, that one is uh, that one right now. Sweet. And then the last one, because I don't think we asked you this the first time, and I'll let you frame it how you want, but in your world of whatever you want to call it, you know, fitness or on your gym, if you could make something that's complicated really simple, how would you say that? Yep. I'm going to make you work before you leave. Yeah. So in the world of, of Unity Fitness, how do we make something that's very complicated? If you could simple. break it down and make it simple. I would say master the uh, master the basics. I mean, it's it's focusing on the not sexy stuff. I don't know if that's the that's the right answer to that but it's it's so many people try to jump from a to z or even a to d and they don't understand that part of it, it goes back to my philosophy with why i chose pn you know because they coach the basics the rituals the habits one thing at a time and it's just focusing on the one thing at a time and knowing like you need to master the basics first all the best and what they do have got the basics down and it's and it's again it's not very sexy it's not very flashy it's not very exciting. It's not very fun. But if we don't do what we do there, we're just going to catch up to at some point. So I start the Sounds basics. good. Preach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, in the order of time to make sure you don't miss your appointment yeah. for that big power of me coming up. Luck for it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah. hanging out. Yeah. We'll 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 post we'll be posting some stuff. Sounds Probably good. Right in the middle of the ceremony, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. go. Oh, uh, it's going to be all 20 minutes long, so we I'm should, sure. We should know how she did by 
I would say noon. She's in the first one of the first flights. I think she pulls. She, she starts squatting around nine. So yeah, should be good. We're gonna get updates. And we all should be. We all should be heading up shortly. Uh, shortly, uh, right as she's probably deadlifting. So, Sounds good. Yeah, it'll be good, guy. It'll be a good time. All right. Thanks, well, yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube and any podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy Newsletter. You'll get direct links to all new clinically pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated simple and optimize performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.